well. Oh, we're live. Uh, welcome everybody to the next episode of Behind Closed Doors with Hannah for Griffith. Today I have a very special person um, with me. Um, I don't even know how to like open this up for you. I just feel as though you're such a um, creative, open-minded, kind-spirited um, feminist. So I definitely consider you a feminist um individual uh so would you like to tell the audience who you are what you like to do anything whoa that was a cool introduction <laughs> um thank you Hannibal. um well i'm anya um i what about me what like my what is an introduction like um if you want you can tell people your pronouns you can tell them like what you're interested in if it's like cool. your favorite show you want to study, what you want to be, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, like I said, my name is Anya. I use she, her pronouns. Um, and also thank you for creating space for people to introduce their pronouns. I think that's so important. Um, I am currently an undergraduate student of creative writing. Um, and that is, that's very important for me, but also kind of like trivial because sometimes I'm like, okay, should I have majored in something that is, um, you know, things that I really care about? And I'll explain. But just like, should I have majored in feminist and gender studies? Should I have majored in race, ethnicity, migration studies? Um, and I think that like through creative writing, I still get to address those conversations that are so important to me, but in a, in a way that is hopefully more like accessible um and creative and engaging and so i'm I've, I've recently declared that major of creative writing and have mixed feelings about it but i'm trying to like yeah just not have knowledge and conversations that are important be only for a certain place so like we don't only need to talk about feminism and academics like why can't i be um i don't know why can't my work just yeah, I don't know be unlocked from school and I think like creative writing literature allows you to like bring forward conversations um like all sorts of conversations so you're not limited at all um mm. and so yeah I think that's why I'm drawn to creative writing um and mostly poetry at the moment but I've recently been trying to write some short stories um and other kind of like longer form continuous writing um but I haven't shared that with anybody yet because <laughs> I I don't know I only have conceived of myself of writing these short little poems um but we'll see <laughs> maybe maybe someday I'll share some short stories I'm excited um, for that. yeah <laughs> I know I love I love when, like whenever we create um like questions for our panels or the used to do the way that you like have a way with words yeah so I'm excited if you ever like produce that I'm excited to read that I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> but yeah, I like how you said like um, feminism shouldn't be isolated to this one thing. And I've realized that with like my schoolwork as well. I was such a person that isolated schoolwork to just like in institution and I couldn't be anywhere else. But then as I grew older, I was like, wow, these conversations aren't just happening in classrooms. It's legit every single, when I watch TV, when I watch um, people having conversations with their friends or just even me, it just yeah. yeah it's just like it's everywhere yeah because hopefully ideally like at least i hope to be in school to learn things that i'm gonna live rather than just things i'm gonna do yeah um and hopefully that like i don't know i how do we how are we like thinking about what we're learning in school when we're on a bus or like on um, you know, in the way that we engage with friends. Like, I want I want school to make me kinder, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, and I think that, like, having an opportunity to have part of my, like, formal education be creative kind of destabilizes what, you know, we might think education is or should look like. You know, how, how am I, I don't know, like, living creatively as well as writing creatively um and yeah and like hopefully that is kinder hopefully that is um you know not like 
you know, writing essays and using big words about feminism, about like healing, about justice is one thing. But what what does that look like in a lived experience, you know, in a social setting? Um, so that's that's something I'm thinking about a lot is like the, the kind of translation of things that I learn in school um, to ways that I live and interact with with people. Yeah, I like yeah, I like that. Um, so our conversation today, as all my other conversations, it will flow wherever it flows. We have like a basis of what we want to talk about. So I think empathy, um, life. What else? What else we want to touch on? Uh, anything to be honest. Um, hmm. How do I want to open this up? I guess one thing that I want us to be like on the same level on, especially like people who are listening is like the definition of empathy. Cause for me, it took me a long time. It took me honestly until my second to last semester, my undergrad to understand what empathy was. Cause I took a class, um, what is it called? Social psychology. And that's when I first was like introduced to breaking down what empathy is. So how would you define empathy? Um, that's a hard one. Well, so empathy is a word that I certainly grew up hearing, you know, in a very like, I want to say like Christian context, but just like being in school and learning like good values, learning, you know, you know, 101, how to be a good person moving through the world you know good people have empathy what is that um and I think that at a young age empathy was like you know trying to relate to people um put yourself in their shoes you know how do my words how do my actions um make another person feel um and so like yeah empathy but I think my my current understanding of empathy is a little more complicated than that I think I have developed a level of, not suspicion, because that's a very charged word, but just like perhaps an awareness of where empathy might be limited. Um, And I think that like, yeah, to just like put all of one's faith in empathy and this idea that, you know, no matter who I am or who comes into my life, I will be able to empathize with them. I will be able to like, you know, feel what they're feeling and then feel what I'm feeling. I think, I don't think that's always possible. Um, I think that there are like some limits to empathy. Um, And I want to like tread very carefully with that because I think that like they have like meninist people out here, like (laughs) as in like opposite of feminist being meninist people out here who are like, oh, empathy is so non-productive, is so like, um, is so, you know, if you want to be successful in the world, you can't go around thinking about how your actions impact others because you'll never get anything done. And that's not what I mean when I say there are limits to empathy. I do believe in empathy, not because like I know it intellectually, but because I feel when somebody is able to empathize with me and I think there's like yeah to understand empathy is really on like a sort of feelings sense um but I think the like where it gets kind of difficult for me is or or like what I've struggled with is situations thinking that I have all the answers or like I know how another person feels and I know you know then like what might be the right way for a person to feel better or that I know what the right way is for a person to you know live their life and obviously that's not true so it's important to like for me to you know empathy is an ideal empathy is important but also realize that where another person where I end and another person begins um and not to like you know be so (laughs) you know jump out myself and feel like I will always know what another person is feeling what 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 is best for another person I think that's like nah like I have to be able to differentiate myself from the feelings of others um and set healthy boundaries Mm. um you know the word of the year is boundaries yeah um and yeah and 
And I think that, like, empathy is not all this, like, white saviorism of, you know, I am being charitable and generous by donating money to this organization and then going taking pictures with little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that to me, like, when that sort of dynamic gets conflated with empathy, um, that, like, is a, ooh, that does not, that's not, that does, that feels really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, like, I try to think about and look critically at the ways in which empathy is, like, slapped onto an image um and yeah and it's not it's not always necessarily invoked like empathy being is not always necessarily like used in ways um that are like in service of what i like hope to think empathy really is which is you know connection kindness um and i think sometimes empathy is just used to like cover up really inappropriate and problematic dynamics of power um yeah one, I, I want to go into that one like how how do you think it covers it covers up um dynamics of power Ooh. um I, I mean i brought up the example of white saviorism um and i'm thinking specifically of like voluntourism um where, you know, primarily, like, white, probably reasonably privileged um, individuals are like, oh, I feel so, you know, drawn to help. I feel so drawn to um, to save, <laughs> to, like, you know, contribute to, you know, X and Y community. Mm-hmm. Um, and those communities typically always being in the global south and being comprised of persons of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, there's a lot of, and this and this is not like a new conversation. Like I don't think I'm doing anything revolutionary by like <laughs> pointing out those dynamics of like, you know, and then like you look at websites about like that are taking, you know, folks to, to um, countries on the continent of Africa or like India or you know various other countries that are like the buzzword countries for donations and aid um, and like on the on those websites you'll see the word empathy come up so many times like you know do you are you an empathetic person who wants to make the world a better place and you know sees yourself giving to those who are less fortunate than you and that like inherently sets up this imbalance of like oh look at me i am the empathizer um empathizing with those in need um and that's that's like it's so it's so complicated um because i do believe in like redistribution of resources and time and energy and like you know i'm pretty like socialist (laughs) in my thinking right now um but you know that sort of like redistribution of resources money of giving of time like the intention behind it i think is important Mm -hmm. like it can't be oh look at me giving to you snap a selfie but it's more like I recognize your dignity Mm -hmm. um and I recognize that the imbalance of power between us is is not just you know right now in this moment this is like a historically Mm -hmm. produced imbalance of power and I recognize those inequities and so I am giving of my time in my very small and insignificant way to um to like to bridge that but also it's impossible to think of one person you know who has so much audacity (laughs) to think you know this one little thing i do is gonna solve um anything but yeah i think the the like intentionality behind um behind like charitable giving is important Mm -hmm. um and that yeah that just like the word empathy is flung in there and i think you know we, we hear the word empathy and we're like, oh, we can be calm. Empathy is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But also just to be critical of like how it's being used and what it might be 
um, erasing. Mm, yes. Oh, wow. So my definition definitely goes along um, what you were saying. And it's so funny because I was, as I said, I was introduced to it with empathy second to last semester, but I was introduced to it, introduced to it by this researcher called Brene Brown. I love her to death. Um, so she studies shame, um, vulnerability, um, courage. Yeah, those are like her, an authenticity. So she studies those four things. But well, she has this book called, I thought it was me, but it wasn't. And it delves deeper into like shame and how to, yeah, shame and how to. I out. <laughs> it's such a good book. Like you're reading it and just like, damn, this is really how I feel. And she goes deeper into it. So one of the things that she talks about is um, the differentiation between empathy and sympathy. And I hope I don't butcher like what she said, but how I understood it is like, as you said, empathy, us being in people's shoes and holistically understanding what they're going through, whereas sympathy is like you just telling them, oh, I'm sorry. Um, and as you said, like, I've always been taught, oh, yeah, you, you have to be empathetic. If you want to be good, you have to be empathetic. You have to put yourself in other people's shoes. But then as you were saying it, I was like, wow, there is a, there, I can only place myself so much in somebody's shoes with what they're giving me at that moment or what I'm seeing in that moment. There's so many different things that's going to limit me from understanding where you're coming from. And, you know, that can go into our social identifiers. What if I identify as straight and somebody else identify as pansexual? I'm not able to fully understand that part of who they are. I can see it, but I wouldn't understand fully who they are. So then how do I empathize on that level? You know, and I think that's like, it's been such a charging word in 2020 and 2021, like being empathetic, having boundaries, doing all these things. And I myself, I'm trying to figure out if I'm being authentic to the people that are around me and understanding where they're coming from and putting myself in their shoes. Because at one point, I always want to say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sorry but when I say I'm sorry, like I, I have in the back of my mind, sorry is a, something that I really shouldn't be saying. And I should like, be taking it a step further and trying to like talk it out and, you know, put myself in their shoes. I don't know. I don't know. I've never like sat down and really talk about em empathy. So when you told me about this, I was like, yeah, let's do this. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, oh, um, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. And I think that like, most times I am when I think I'm empathizing I'm not mm -hmm. I think most times when I think I'm empathizing I'm following some sort of like social script which says you know mm -hmm. I you know you know once I say sorry once I say I hope you're doing well mm -hmm. that like I don't know I've I've been empathetic but I think that like Mm, maybe the work the work of empathy or being empathetic doesn't like there's there's more unseen than there is seen so mm. for example like how do I want to phrase this like perhaps it's less important that I say to you know the person who I think is struggling like you know I'm sorry I have your back then like the work that I do in private to, to like, you know, think about why that might be. But also that can't be true either because it is important to hear from the people that you love that, you know, they see you're struggling and they like, you know, they, they feel you and they're here for you. But maybe that, I, I think what I'm saying more is that like, perhaps how we define empathy then is, is quite like a personal trod, like a personal journey yeah. Um, and it's and it's not about like oh the other person knows that I um, that I'm sorry like that shouldn't be the priority like the other person knows that I'm a good person because I'm saying this it's more like you know what 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 work what empathizing work am I doing um, without saying it or without like does that make sense that it it's makes sense it's like what are you doing. Um that's invisible to the other person that's making them feel heard and seen in a way 
maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't think these are easy questions. I don't think these are easy questions at all. Um, something I was that something you said made me think of. Um, yeah, I think that's like something related. Is I I don't know. I've been really struggling recently, and. I'm realized, and I think that like in the past, I measured until so still, ah, still to some extent do like measured my, um, just gauged how I was feeling based on what other how other people reacted to how I was feeling. So for example, if I said, you know, oh, I'm having a really bad day, and somebody was like you know, it's not so bad, I just drank some tea, mm-hmm. and, like, you're good, I'm, like, okay, maybe I am, like, not so bad, and that, like, is what gets me through to the next thing, but I'm realizing that it's, like, I don't know, it's kind of important to empathize with yourself without, like, checking on the outside, you know, what another person's, um, you know, recommendations or response to, you know, how my day is going is, but more just, like, word, like, how does this make me feel, like, outside of, you know, how I think this other person might tell me what the situation is. But what does it feel like on, like, a me level? I'm feeling some type of way. Um, How do I, like, I don't know, step into my own shoes? (laughs) Um, For lack of a better word, like, step into my own shoes without thinking, um, oh, you know, I'm feeling this way because this person did this thing and it's okay because they're having a bad day too and like I shouldn't be feeling sad but it's like no I can I can feel sad I can feel hurt by another person while also recognizing that they've probably probably hurt me in the context of them having a bad day or things that I don't see so again back to this question of like differentiating myself um but also just like you know creating a lot of space to see the zoomed out picture but also like a zoomed in picture too because you know we hurt people unintentionally but that does not that doesn't undo the fact that the person is hurt Mm. and i it's it's easy for me to like say that out loud about times in which i've hurt people Mm -hmm. um or no in times where i've what am i saying here it's yeah when like when it comes to um, somebody hurting me unintentionally, I'm like, Anya, it was unintentional. Why are you feeling hurt? Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, the, uh, like I said before, like the two things can exist simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I can feel really hurt, um, and it, it it didn't need. To, it is not necessarily. It wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That kind of drifted a lot, but yeah. <laughs> said um, we said we were talking about life too, so <laughs> yeah, we all talking about life too. Yeah. So as we're talking about life too and empathy, I don't know if you hear this person cut in the yard. Let me tell you something. Every single time, like I try to do something, it always happens outside. Whether that's a garbage truck or somebody cutting the lawn, always. But um, so you was um saying about this um a hypothetical, like if somebody asks you like um or if you tell somebody you're having a bad day and they're like, oh, just drink some tea. I want to know for you personally, how does it how would you want somebody to empathize with you? Do you have like a picture in which you want people to empathize? Now, this is not something that I have thought through myself, but as you said it, I was like, hmm, I wonder if Anya has like a picture of what empathy to her looks like. Whoa, that's (laughs) such a wonderful question. And I'm just gonna think about it on the fly because I don't think I've ever like articulated that out loud. I feel empathized with um, when someone is like, you know, if I come to them with a situation, they're looking at the situation and how the situation is making me feel rather in the, con- in the broader context of how they know me and who I am. So for example, if I am like, I don't know and of course this varies on like how long I suppose people have known me um but if somebody that I've known for years I come to them with a situation and I'm like boy this is making me feel real terrible um you know I don't know what's going on this that the other and you know 
they'll they they might think to themselves okay i know anya for a really long time i know that she's a pretty anxious person um and i you know i i understand why the situation could be causing her anxiety um and so like i you know i see you anya like you know it's okay that you're freaking out right now about this issue that is probably minor in the greater context of things but you meet me for a sec just a sec in that like ah place that is my mind that is like whoa this is you know very anxiety inducing but at the same time you as any person who's empathizing with me is able to like come out of my little spiral hole and come into the real world and remind me that the real world exists as well or the the not the real world because i don't like this word real because who's to say my experience you know is less real than your real but yeah i think that like empathy someone empathizing with me would have to like see me and meet me in that place acknowledge it as valid and not over dramatic not over sensitive not like you know don't put a label <laughs> to how i'm feeling um but then also like remind me that the world is there's more world than this moment um and i think that's a lot of that's a lot to ask of people that's a lot of work empathy is a lot of work um, it is. and like you know that's okay too so times in which I don't know, we're going to let people down. People are going to let us down. Like, you know, friendship, love, relationship, none of the above is perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, like, grace is very important. Mm -hmm. Um, As in, like, in a moment where, like, uh, I feel like I really needed this person to empathize with me right now. of it, like I've just lined out what my perfect way of receiving empathy looks like mm-hmm. um, but I can't expect them to know that one if I don't say it you know if I'm getting to know somebody I think it's like you know disclosing you know hey I feel really cared about when this happens I feel really ca- you know I feel listened to when you do these things um, my love language is this like I feel safe when this happens right like people can't read our minds so and that's i feel with that all the time i expect people to read my mind it's never good um so yeah so like i could have this whole ideal of my perfect empathy um but yeah i can't expect somebody to know exactly what that's gonna be and for me to feel like upset with them or resentful if my ideal anxiety my ideal empathy has not been like given to me and I didn't tell them what it is like that can't work either so that's self-work that I'm doing right now I think that's like to acknowledge those things uh you know that's like that's some work (laughs) that's some work um and yeah and then and then also yeah just like being able to recognize that not everybody is gonna feel cared for in the same ways that we do um we have different like languages of care languages of safety and what Mm -hmm. i you know the way that i seek empathy or would like people to empathize with me is perhaps not um what another person might want so i guess like in the you know cool queer future that we are building um <laughs> perhaps there's more like conversation about like hey these this is how i feel good you know and this is how i feel good and then it's like cool let me i'm so excited to you know help you feel good and it's like yeah me too um, <laughs> um yeah oh i Anya, when you said okay so i always say this i think i always say this i love like to think about words and how we use words so just now how you said um language of care and language of safety okay so when i think about a language i think about like a place that has certain ways they put their words together to communicate something so when you said like yeah like like when you said language of safety and language of care to say and i also think of language as this like um word that's attached to something that's inanimate so language is attached to trinidad language is attached to spain language is attached to all these certain things but how you said it just now it seems as though language is attached to the persona and the person so then making language from this inanimate object 
to me now an inanimate object and then communicating that to other people I th- that's that's very powerful Anya that's so interesting I've I've oh gosh I've never thought of language I mean I suppose I do because I am an English major oh but never <laughs> in the sense I mean I, I think about language as tied to place um very very much and like you know I I'm such a geek for dialects and like you know political language like who the hell says that Creole is not a language like I will fight you um, that is a separate language from the English language and it is extremely important and resistive. Anyway, um, but yeah, language I think of as a way of moving almost, a way of like moving and understanding the world around us. It's like a, I don't know, it's almost like a program. Like I receive language to understand where I'm going and then like go um, using that language. And so I think that, yeah, to... to you know, to say like a language of safety, a language of care, um, might not always be like a spoken language. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be um, a, a a way of of existing in a space with other people. So I'm thinking about like, you know, I'm about to move in, hopefully with some housemates in a couple of months, um, and I've never lived with them before. So we're we're gonna have to come up with like some sort of shared system and that can consist of you know spoken language but also you know chores how we move through the space how do we interact um together in this space such that everyone feels safe and cared for Mm -hmm. um and yeah like it's so interesting you said that like you think of language as always tied to like objects or places or spaces because i think that's so true because we use language to negotiate spaces Mm -hmm. like the -hmm. language that i use in trinidad is gonna be different to the language that i use when i'm trying to like i don't know make people think i'm smart in a in a u.s classroom (laughs) Um, and that that's like you know something else too because you know why why are different languages given different connotations of like knowledge of quality of you know you know that's a whole discussion we could get into which i love but but that's not it yet so <laughs> so yeah language safety care hmm. do you also think because you said um oh no okay so i'm thinking too there was something that you said but it triggered this thought in my head where i'm thinking that um empathy is closely linked to boundaries in some way shape or form because for me i don't know how empathy looks like for me but definitely how you said meeting me in the place of panic that's definitely something that i um want from friends is like seeing seeing the thing that hurt me and why it's hurting me and why i'm feeling that way like for you to see that i think that's like one of my biggest thing when it comes to empathy um but also you said that people aren't going to be able to empathize with you until you tell them your language of empathy, I guess. Um, But then I'm thinking, how do I even want to put this? Um, I don't know. I just feel, I don't know how to, I don't even know how to say this, but I honestly feel that in some way, empathy and boundaries are just like, they're dancing with each other, you know, they're in this space, like coexisting somehow. That's, yeah, probably, I don't know, I don't know any of these answers, but probably, um, yeah, but, like, I think perhaps one way to look at empathy and boundaries is kind of what I said, like, at the top of this discussion, which is, like, knowing that no matter, you know, that, that there are always going to be things that another, like, I can't share with another person, not because I like or that I don't know it's just unreasonable to think that like another person will fully understand and see me if I you know tell them every single thought in my head because every single thought in my head is then going to be filtered through their own thoughts their own personality feelings identities and stuff so that's like a boundary perhaps to empathy um and that doesn't have to be a bad thing like I think like you know self-identification protecting oneself like that's important like I don't you know I don't want to merge with every and everybody that I you know come to meet so it's it's a matter of like negotiating like 
how do I how do I care for you without thinking that I can become you um how do you care for me without thinking that you can become me and just like as I said before like extending grace and like I don't know boundary to me like boundary has always been a very triggering and charged word because I'm like what if I care about somebody there doesn't need to be boundaries why on earth would I you know boundless love like this is what I learned about love I'm also a cancer so like (laughs) I feel a lot of things um and you know it's like I I need to do the work of like de de charging if is that a word uncharging or just like you know sweeping away all the negative conversations of connotations that i have placed or my upbringing has placed on this word of boundary Mm -hmm. um because it like it's a good thing mostly um so i don't i don't want to be you know i want to be able to like reapproach how i think of boundaries and i think perhaps even with once i do that work of demystifying boundary or making it not such a negative thing in my in my mind maybe i will have more capacity to empathize Mm. because if i if i am approaching a situation that is requiring me to be empathetic from the seats of myself from knowing i am anya these are all my experiences i like you know I like this thing, I don't like that thing. And I come with all of that into a situation where I want to meet somebody in their anxiety. Like, I I want to be able to sit there with you and tell you, hey, like, I see you. Like, I I, I feel you. Like, I'm so sorry you feel this way right now. Um, But be able to do that from a place that I am not going there to, right? I am not going to be swept in because then I can't be helpful um and that is like i don't know even hearing myself say this i'm like bro Anya, you don't do that you are the you have no like you you know so this is um this is work that i am like hoping to do so i'm not claiming by any means that i have i have this figured out at all but. i am right there with you every time i have these conversations it's not like what i do is legit me having a therapy session with me and my friend Mm. <laughs> every Love that. Time, yeah every single time i have these conversations i don't want anybody to think oh yeah Hanifa has it all figured no 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 we in this together because i never thought about these things but then like as i'm having the conversation i'm like damn i really have like a shit ton of work to do yeah done. for sure and i think that like gosh like we are both in our early 20s yes like yes. that's pretty young dread like I was the other day I was just like in ways like I really you know I've been through a lot of things and I feel you know somewhat adultish um but I am like you know 10 years ago I was how like 12 you know what does one like we're very very proximate to our childhood selves um and of course like we learned a lot I would say most at this point of who we are how we operate through the world you know you know our sources of shame, our sources of like validation are things we learned in childhood. So, you know, all of this sort of like questioning and unraveling and like negotiating we're doing right now is like, I don't know, it doesn't need to be instant because we just, we, you know, time is, life is short, but also life is long. And we are, you know, God willing, at, at, at still at somewhat of a beginning of like a longer learning slash unlearning um so again like the grace being able to extend grace to ourselves in these moments i think is important while still being accountable um yes and i'm really like yeah i'm very grateful for people in my life have like shown me that you could rel fuck up (laughs) um and have uh, uh, or like i have rel fucked up and people have shown me grace um and have shown me like been like Anya you know you're fucked up but mm-hmm. in this moment I see you as more than this you know moment you know you have so much more to give than like what you've given me in this moment and like I see that and I like believe in you beyond the shit you did um because yeah that that is like that is I don't know that's 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 
you know, that's healing. That's it is healing. Yeah. And like in some ways, like they're not giving up on you. Yeah. yeah. I've been in those situations too. That'll feel good. But... Oh yeah, me too. Me too. I've definitely been there too. Don't, don't worry. I've definitely I've de- yeah. As you said, like every single day, um every single day you learn and every single day you're presented with something that you have to think through. Um, and that's how I think about it too. Like, um, like grief. I had to recently deal with grief. My aunt passed away two days ago. So then I had to think about that on top of me. The last time I talked to her was when I was like 12, 11. So it's like 11 or 12 years ago. You know, that was the last time I talked to her and dealing with that. I never dealt with no because my uncle passed away three years ago too but it's like dealing with grief in an estranged relationship like I didn't have relationships with them but I felt I still felt very sad like I cried the whole day when my dad told me like that's how bad it was and I was like wow how am I how am I feeling this way even though our relationship was estranged and I never got the time to learn who she was or she got the time to learn who I was. So I've been dealing with that too. So it's like every single day, I have the privilege of opening my eyes. I have new things to deal with that I never thought about, you know? So it's just like, yeah, every this is not a one and done situation. Healing, not one and done. Learning about yourself, not one and done. So as you said, extend that grace to yourself, you know? So Yeah, and especially like, as you what's up grief um and i'm sorry to hear about the passing of your aunts recently um like grief i very much thought grief looked like one thing and there was like one correct way to grieve or um and i think that like often grief is spoken about in relationship to the passing of a lo- of a loved one mm-hmm. um but there's also grief with loss of like certain beliefs mm. so a lot of my like core beliefs about the world about who i am have undergone a lot of transformation in a co- in the last you know couple years mm. and even more recent to that um and i grieve some of those like ways of looking at the world i think like you know, you, you grieve the faith that you had in certain institutions, let's say, mm-hmm. certain, um, even in certain people, like, I, I grieve losing trust mm-hmm. um, in certain individuals, and, yeah, and I think that, like, they don't, like, there's no, there's no script, there's no, like, set of steps that is, like, you know, if you do this, this, and this, by the 12th day of your grief, you will no longer feel grief. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, so it's, it's like, I think grief is such a personal trod, which sounds really poetic and it's like, yes, life is a personal journey, but at the same time, it fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> I, like it really does. Like, it truly, truly does kind of just like waking up every day and like, you're almost kind of like swinging in the dark it's like okay how do i do this like yes how do i come through this time when you know it's there's nobody who knows exactly what had just happened there's nobody who like you know nobody's me (laughs) so there's nobody that can come and say anya you know right now make breakfast and then after that (laughs) do this and do that so it's really kind of like figuring shit out on a moment to moment and, and figuring out is like a strong word because i who's figuring out anything like mm. i just trying to like breathe <laughs> and and like you know drink enough water <laughs> and you know take vitamin b12 when i remember to um <laughs> you know so like yeah there, there are no there are no maps to healing really mm. like there's i think that yeah, they're, they're, like, instances and situations that, like, come as stepping stones along the way. And often those are not planned. Like, for example, this conversation has been real nice. <laughs> or just has felt really, like, whoa. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. Th- there's been a lot of, like, healing elements in this exchange that we've shared. And we, I, I certainly didn't plan that. And I was like, okay, this is not part of the 12-step program. But... <laughs> Um, perhaps that, I don't know, perhaps, yeah, there, there are 
there are opportunities for healing that we don't even know about and maybe that's okay mm. i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so funny, like brought up that um idea of uh like grieving self grieving like people grieving all these certain things i was having a conversation with my cousin recently and um so my cousin recently came out um as gay i think uh this uh, a, a year ago um and she now has um a fiance that they're getting married in may and so we're talking about identity yeah i know right i'm so excited for i'm so excited for them um i love them with all my heart uh so they so she was talking to me like about identity and authenticity and how um so like she had to grieve her past self you know and allowing herself to understand that it's okay to like transform into this being that she is in right now and i was thinking to myself Whoa. that that's like that's me and what i've been realizing too is that i'm not allowing myself to let go of the past self that i need to be grieving because i'm thinking to myself like damn shit like people want me to be a certain way so I need to continuously hold on to this certain way but really and truly holding on to that past me is is drowning me is drowning me you know and like the fear of like thinking of what other people are gonna think it is actually hurting me physically and mentally you know like yeah yeah that oh that feels so relevant to like I don't know like childhood adulthood transition Mm-hmm. things because like I that just like reminded me of you know I think that there are certain um there are certain wishes on once that our families have for us mm-hmm. um and you know perhaps we fulfill some of those perhaps we don't but n- r- like knowing that people or like members of my family are like grieving the me that they wanted that they thought I would be mm-hmm. is a lot yeah and like they're entitled to that of course like everybody's entitled to their grief and their story but that's I don't know that's just like it's like whoa um mm-hmm. and then what you said there about um about you know realizing that you're no longer gonna fulfill certain expectations because you're on a totally different trot a totally different path now which is which is really cool um but just made me think of the fact that like i feel like earlier in my life my my kind like the things that i knew that i could do to get validation for example you know if i brought home a really good report card that's mm-hmm. an instant hit of dopamine because i mean i didn't really care too much about school at the end of the day mm-hmm. but just knowing that like you know if i did well in school i would be validated and like mm-hmm. encouraged and like loved um and of course like there were other sources of love and validation from my family um of course but just knowing that like as we change and as we develop we can't we can't rely on the same like hits of dopamine and validation um because like you know like i and i'm even thinking about like femininity and like the ways that i in the past have been praised for embodying certain types of femininity Mm. um and you know like you know beauty right and and you know which is a fraught word and like i know that if and this is of course like threaded through like a bunch of like colorism and racism etc but just knowing that like i you know if i walk into a room of a set of aunties with my hair down um instantly i'm gonna be showered with oh gosh look i'm pretty you know and that's a privilege that right i like accept that like straight up um but i i remember when i like chopped off my hair (laughs) i was like shit i guess my aunties are gonna have to find other ways to like me now i guess that like um you know the 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 things that i once knew were like given sources of validation once I kind of like began to like take on other paths and realizing that whoa like I can't rely on those same things anymore um and maybe I can sometimes like I think it's perfectly okay to like 
once I need validation and sometimes I go slap on, you know, some good looking mascara mm-hmm. and, you know, go out and I, I, you know, get the compliments and that's wonderful. Um, and I like, I'm entitled to, to that, of course. Um, and everybody is too. Um, but yeah, I don't know if my point was made there, but like. Oh, definitely. Especially, uh, man, you just, when you said, um, <laughs> like um stepping into certain forms of femininity and it's so crazy because that triggered like a memory in my head so I I shaved my head in 2014 then I shaved it again I think 20 I want to say 17 and I legit saw in my parents face like the grief of who I once was because my dad is a person well this my mom told me he is a person that always wanted his daughter to look a certain way and I was never into like straightening my hair. I was always like Afro or nothing. And then one day I was like bald head or nothing. So I never fit into the mold that like, I guess my dad wanted, I'm assuming, I don't know if it's true. Um, and I think I, I think underneath too, I don't think I fit into the mold that my mom wanted because I um, after like I shaved my head and I've, I've come to the terms like I'm always gonna have bald head. Um, I remember one point she was like, Hannah, are you gonna ever grow your hair out? And I was like, no, that's not a, that's not a plan. Like, I'm, this is, this is going to be me forever. And I just like heard in her voice and like saw in her face, like, you know, it was kind of like that grief, grieving moment of she's not going to have a daughter who has straight hair, like long hair or like big Afro. Um, and I was like, damn, imagine, imagine that little, that small thing of my hair causing them that moment of like, damn, you really, you really not going to do that? Like, you know, like, and then on Ooh. top of that too, I I used to dress so I, I I don't I don't like the word like dress masculine, but I didn't subscribe to the feminine norm of dressing when I was younger. Like I used to have I used to wear my hat backwards, I used to wear back pants, I used to do all these certain things until the point where my mom was like, Hannibal, come on now. Like you have you can't I remembered clearly, she was like, You can't present yourself that way. I'm like, why? You know, she's like, people are gonna think you're a certain way. I'm like, okay, you know, and I'm like, wow, this, these are like these are things that unbeknownst to me at that time was them trying to deal with me not fitting an image that they had for me you know like me being I'm the only daughter only girl in family so they had I guess an image of what I should be and I wasn't subscribing to that and like to see their face like grieve I was like wow this is like a thing yeah for sure and I guess that like you know is speaking to like could be speaking to like personal preferences of our parents and stuff but also just like is indicative of like larger um like assumptions of you know who should be wearing what and who can be wearing what um and i get like and i've been trying to like figure out ways to to deal with that especially in terms of dressing um because i like hopefully at the end of the day i just waking up and put it on whatever i want to put on and walking out my house mm-hmm. um but i like i don't know if that's ever going to be possible because i think like presentation is always political um to some degree i i, I don't know like sometimes you know these sweatpants is just for comfort but also you know what is these sweatpants saying about this i don't know i don't know um it's 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 less complicated than that but yeah but i'm just thinking about ways in which like i can use my life and oh this this is not gonna be that profound but um how how i could use like what i do have access to and you know at this point in time is not really like a lot of money or like a lot of platform or a lot of like anything like that but you know how can I do really small things so that, you know, a little cousin growing up is seeing an alternate way of being in the world and an alternate way of, like, being a quote-unquote woman? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's, like, the only, like, action... Because I get very, like, anxious when I can't take do something about something. And I think we all do living in this world. Um, and we feel really, like, impossible. Um, but, yeah, like, what small, you know comforts or small little like um yeah just things like that I can do like if I bunks into a family gathering and I'm wearing like a real sexy dress and a converse shoes Mm -hmm. um that's gonna be really different from you know 
a lot of other things that one can wear to like a, a family thing but you know my little cousin watching might like from a very early age be like oh that's okay like I can wear real fresh shoes and a sexy dress at the same time and so hopefully when she is a little older can like imagine herself in different ways does that make sense or just like think that it's possible to do certain things in life because at the end of the day like all the things that I am so stressed and anxious about is because somebody told me that I wasn't good that wasn't you know that wasn't correct that wasn't right and so clothes is just like one small little bit of like a broader um you know a broader life of course but yeah <laughs> but that is that's a valid point because <laughs> because my niece I don't know if I had um green hair I think like I want to say like two months ago um and she yeah. she Anya I kid you not I was on the phone with her and she was like oh wow auntie I love your hair and at that moment, like, I, I can see that she saw something else. When I got my piercing, too, she was like, oh, I love your piercing. I'm like, yeah, you can you can do whatever you want to do. And I, I hope, like, that's what I'm portraying to my nieces, is that if they want to have, um, like, shaved hair, you can have shaved hair. If you want to have, you know, green hair, have the green hair. Piercings, tattoos, do it, you know, just showing them something else. One second, I have to find something for my brother. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. It's all right. But yeah, just kind of like yeah. showing them something different, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because ultimately, like, I, I don't know if I want kids in a boy. That's a whole nother conversation but certainly for people who do have kids of my generation like I think it would be really lit if the world that they were living in was different from this world um and yeah like futures futures how like imagination (laughs) um that is like all sometimes all I feel that I can do is like imagine Mm. you know which is you know hope is related to imagination mm-hmm. um so like hope and imagination but specifically imagination like mm-hmm. what's yeah <laughs> yeah oh wow this conversation i wow see when you don't have limits to anything how anything can happen like we we didn't settle to talk about these things and we did and i'm so happy we did because these have definitely been things like it's like it's like things that has been keeping me up at night like legit you know fully i haven't yeah. slept in a while <laughs> on i had to take sleeping pills to sleep last night because the last time oh, i slept was at like last night self i couldn't sleep yeah like i was hey. twisting and tuning and i had to take a sleeping pill because i was t- i was tired i couldn't i couldn't function anymore well they, they say that so the full moon was the night before last but the moon was still real bright last night and they say that like some people have a hard time sleeping around the full moon because it's so bright so mm-hmm. i don't know maybe maybe, that can be <laughs> maybe that's why we couldn't sleep last night mm-hmm. um who knows who knows but i believe it though i believe it but um i don't know if there's anything like you want to say to like close it off anything at all it can be anything um well thank you first and foremostly um i always i don't know anytime i interact with Yanifa, i'm just like you are filling gaps um and like but but more than that it's like you're filling gaps in conversations but you're also like like taking things to another level and like in, in terms of just like geez like when I don't know, like, who else is out there trying to have conversations about empathy at 1 p.m. on a, on a, you know, on a Tuesday? Like, I don't know. I just, I think the work that you do is just so, like, it's so exciting and so important. Um, and, I mean, I said this when we weren't recording, but I'll say it again for your listeners to hear, that anytime I listen to your podcast or just, like, engage with any of the work that you do, um, like, advocacy-wise, you know, even your lives and stuff, I like 
I don't know, a little piece of me like resonates with it. Sometimes bigger pieces, sometimes smaller pieces, but I'm just like, whoa, like that, you know, that is something that I have felt too. And I'm only one person, one listener, one person who engages with the work that you do. And so I could only imagine how many more people feel um, touched or inspired to like, you know, go and bring up a conversation about mental health um, in the Caribbean with their friends or, you know, so really just like thank you and like honor to you and i hope that you like are bigging up yourself as much as i am and like so many other people are um so thank you oh i yeah i mean i need to start doing that more because i it's so funny because i've never like um it's so crazy how like we downplay our work um because to me like these are like regular regular conversations that I have in my head so I was like hmm I wonder if like other people might want to like join me in this space in my head um so like I don't know I yeah I've never big up myself like this so thank you for that because sometimes you know the validation outside really helps me just to like know that people are listening and like it's not just going into a void and just floating in abyss so yeah definitely from the bottom of my heart thank you for that thank you <laughs> okay so yeah guys enjoy i hope you enjoy this you can share it share it everywhere and let me know if you um and if you have any more questions too so yeah bye y'all <laughs>